Well, this is so good. If you are a guest with us today or you're new at Mission Church, I'd like to just take this opportunity to introduce myself. My name is Gordon, and I get the great privilege to serve as the pastor here at Mission Church. And um, if you have been here for a little while, then you know the two people standing behind me. And um, I think it was last week or the week before um, we made the announcement that um, Robert and Holly have decided to take the invitation to be the pastors over at Lakeside Church of the Nazarene. And so they will be moving on from um, our staff here and uh, leading um, this church just a little bit east of us. And um, I wanted to just take this opportunity to introduce Robert and Holly to you today, but I don't have the time to tell you all of the things that they are a part of and that they have done and how they have been a blessing here at Mission Church. If I did that, we'd be standing, I'd be standing here the whole time and I'd take all your time of your sermon today. <laughs> um, but I'll let them introduce themselves a little bit and just the, the, the way that they have been a part of our church and the impact that they have made. The thing that I want you to know as I introduce them to you is I want you to know Robert and Holly's heart. They love Mission Church. They are not leaving here because they've had enough and they can't take it anymore. <laughs> they are moving along because of their great love for God and the call that God has placed in their lives. And that's the most important thing for them. And the thing that they want to do, and this is what they have both told me, is that they said... We want to take the things that we have experienced and learned here at Mission Church because this is a healthy church. And, and they want to take that to Lakeside and help them to grow into becoming a healthy, growing church for the glory of God. And that's the mission that they are on. And they want to, and I've asked them to, to share from a specific passage of Scripture today. Because I believe that it is a great message for them to share as they embark on this great new adventure. At the end of our service today, I'm going to ask for your participation as well too. We're going to do a couple of things. We're going to lay hands and pray for Robert and Holly as we send them. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to, to share and give to the ministry and to their lives. And so if you want to take part in that. We would love for you to, um, to be a part of that and bless them. And then we'll have a reception after church so that you can give them your hugs and aloha to them, share their, your love with them. But I don't want to take any more of their time, um, but I want to introduce to you Pastor Robert and Pastor Holly, and uh, may the Lord bless you as you share his word today. Well, thank you, Pastor Gordon. Welcome, Mission Church. There we go. You know, what I love about this church, I've been here since 96, is that we are a family. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but Pastor Kelly had a theme. Family. The songs were about family. And then, what did we go to? We went to a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a blessing. It is our honor for Pastor Holly and I to be here this morning and share with you this time together as we bring the word today. And as we look at where we've been, last week Dr. Smith preached on the importance of the coming of Christ, giving of ourselves and following of the one. As we follow Jesus, we are on a journey. 
And as we continue our journey with Jesus series, and here this morning to look at how Jesus sends us out as part of our journey, each and every one of us has a story about our journey and what God has called us or is calling us to do. You see, in our passage today that we were looking at, we see Jesus appointing 72 to go. Go. Go where to go out into the harvest field. So let's take a look right now at Luke 10, verses 1 through 4. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord for the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. The word of the Lord. You see, as we look at this passage this morning, it is helpful to see Jesus' is appointing of the 72 in advance of his crucifixion. That is, he is making plans for his departure. He's making a way for us. Jesus knows that he is not going to be staying here for long in this world, but departing. He'll be ascending for us to have the Holy Spirit to help us in the work he is calling us, each and every one of us, to do. So, what is Jesus calling us to do? In the sending of the 72, in this passage, we learn what we are to do. What is that? Share the good news of Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Therefore, there is significance in Jesus' usage of the number 70. In the Jewish Torah, the number refers to all the nations of the world. Not just our community, not just our home, not just our state, but all the nations of the world. Thus, we learn an additional aspect here. First, Jesus is calling us to be sent out like missionaries to share the good news of Jesus. And Jesus is sending us to all nations as we go to minister to those we meet about our resurrected Savior, Jesus. You see, we see this in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thank you, Pastor Robert. What an amazing calling we all have. We are being called to go, to go the, to share the good news, and to share the good news with everyone. As we look at this passage, again, we clearly see Jesus' declaration to go, to go where God is sending us. There are other instances of Jesus commanding to go, and we have uh, three scriptures up here on the screen to take a look at. In Matthew 8.13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. 
In Mark 10:52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And in John 9, 7, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. When Jesus tells us to go, things happen. In these verses, amazing, miraculous things happen. Sometimes the things that happen are seen. Sometimes they're not seen. Sometimes they're not realized until later or maybe much later. But when we obey God, things happen. There's action here. There's faith here. There's trust here. There's belief here. And we all need Jesus. And we all need the healing that only he can bring. The harvest is great, yet the workers are few. Jesus is calling us to go. He's sending us out. I'd like to take a look at this sending, and we're going to do this in in three ways. We're going to look at the preparation, the pursuit, and the posture. So, first, the preparation. How do we prepare? And perhaps you feel a nudge from God about something that you are to do, but it's not specific. Or maybe you feel a nudge from the Lord and you know what it is, but you don't quite know how to proceed. Pray and listen. This is part of the preparation. Look upward in prayer and make a conscious effort to listen to God. How many times have you jumped into something in haste? Maybe you put a bookcase together without reading the directions, or I'm looking over to our students, you jumped into a homework assignment without reading the textbook, Uh, or maybe planning a Super Bowl party at the very last minute. Uh, Doesn't go real well, does it? And I can attest to this because I've actually done all three of those things. Uh, Students, not the right thing to do. (laughs) Um, But we need time to prepare. We need to prepare before we go into this. I want to take us back to the Old Testament really quick and share just a a couple of verses uh, because it speaks to this preparation. And we're going to be looking in the the book of Joshua, but I want to give you a little bit of context about what has happened uh, right when we find these these verses. So uh, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They had a great leader, Moses, and he uh, led them out of, of Egypt They were spending time in the wilderness. There's a whole bunch going on there. You can read all that in the book of Exodus. Uh, And then Moses gets to the end of his life. He passes. Joshua, who had been uh, following him very closely, uh, is the the new leader. And he is the man who's going to be taking the Israelites into the promised land. So this is where we pick up in Joshua chapter 3. And um, so they're on their way, and they come up against a barrier. They come up against the Jordan River. And the Jordan River at this time is at the flood stage. And so um, they can't get to the promised land until, until they cross. So what Joshua does is he, he asks them to prepare. Now, this river at, at flood stage, I want to just give a little picture of what this is. From what I understand, this is about 100 feet across and 10 feet deep. Okay? Turbulent. It's at flood stage. It's turbulent water. We don't get a lot of rain here, but we do from time to time. And when that happens in San Diego, it's not pretty, right? We get flooding. And we've all seen on the news the brave driver who decides, you know what, I'm just going to drive through the puddle 
and they get stuck. Like everyone thinks they're going to do it, you know, they're going to make it, and someone gets stuck. It's, it's dangerous, right? So this is turbulent water, that flood stage. And to, again, to kind of more of this picture, think of a football field, 50-yard line, a little bit less than that. That's how wide across this is. And then think of the deep end of the pool. Okay, this is the barrier they are up against. They cannot get to the promised land until they cross. This is what Joshua says. In Joshua 3, verses 5 and 6, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Consecrate means to set apart, to make holy. Joshua called on the Israelites to prepare by consecrating themselves to the Lord. They do, and the Lord does an amazing thing. The priests who had the Ark of the Covenant, as soon as their feet touched the edge of the water, the flow stopped from upstream, and it piled up in a heap some distance away. And the Israelites crossed through on dry land. They had to prepare in order to do that. Could you imagine what would have happened if the Israelites decided, you know, we'll just do this in our own strength. We've got it covered. Uh, I don't think that would have gone well either. So we need to pray. And we need to listen. And as we listen, we need to listen intently and with expectation. And first, it's important for us to know that God wants to speak to us. And we can listen to God as we read his word. It's a living word. We can ask the Spirit to open up our ears and empower us to perceive what it is that he is telling us. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. We can ask God what he wants to show us as we read. We can pray God's word. We can praise him by praying God's word. Uh, If you haven't yet attended, I encourage you to attend the Wednesday morning 6.30 a.m. prayer time. Pastor Gordon has set this time aside to praise God, not coming with our petitions, and that is absolutely okay to do, but connect with God by praising him. It is a transformative experience. Another thing that Pastor Gordon has done, and we've heard this in in several uh, sermons, a courageous question that we can ask, Lord, what can I do for you? If you pray that prayer, God will speak to you. And we also need to cultivate quiet, listen in his presence. I so appreciated Pastor Kelly during our worship time. She, she had a moment there for us just to connect with God. The Holy Spirit is here. It means we have to slow down. To read God's word, we need to read it more slowly. We need to take time to just sit in his presence. Listen. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. So for Pastor Rob and me, we both felt a nudge and uh, we went to God in prayer. 
there's a whole lot more to our stories, and we'd be glad to share that with you. But uh, today, for this moment, I just want to provide a glimpse, uh, one for, for each of us. In 2013, here at this church, in this sanctuary, the congregation was challenged with a know-that-you-know-that-you-know sermon. And he, he uh, challenged the, everyone to pray to God each day until they knew. Well, Pastor Rob came up to the altar and earnestly prayed before God. And he prayed every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and by Thursday, he knew that he knew that he knew he had been called into the ministry. For me, I felt a prompting from the Lord, but it wasn't totally clear to me at least. And um, there was a little bit of time that took place here, a little bit longer than what it was for Pastor Rob. But a significant part of my calling also took place here in this church, in this sanctuary. Last summer, Pastor Jeff Jimenez was preaching and got to the end of the, uh, the sermon, and he opened up a time for a response. I felt the Holy Spirit moving among me. I raised my head. I was sitting right over here. I raised my head. I looked up, and the Lord said, go to Alita Slater. We love you, Alita. Go to Alita Slater. Ask her to pray for you. I stepped out, moved out, went over to Alita, and uh, she was giving the benediction. So as soon as she finished with the benediction, she came back down. She sat with me, and we prayed together. She looked intently at me, or she asked me, what's going on, Holly? And I said, through tears, um, I, I just want to discern if God is calling me into the ministry. And then she looked intently in my eyes, and she said, Holly, I have to tell you something. As I was walking up the steps here to provide the benediction, the Lord told me, Holly's going to tell you she's been called into the ministry. Our God is so good. Significant part of the confirmation. So we need to pray, we need to listen, and we hear from God, and if we let him, He will guide us onward. Prepare. We also need to pursue. How do we go? We need to take action. We need to be intentional. Let's look to Jesus as a model for this. Jesus was a man of action. From the moment of his baptism up until he sends the disciples out, Jesus is on the move and in the community. In his ministry, Jesus preaches to people, drives demons out of people. He heals people. He calls the disciple. He cleanses people. He teaches people. He forgives people. He calms the seas. He even raises the dead. Jesus is a man of action, and he's concerned about his people. As we are called, we need to take action. In verse 1 of our main passage, Um, It says that the Lord sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place. So they were were going in pairs. Um, There's an element of testimony here. We find this in 2 Corinthians 13.1. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. But there's also an element of encouragement. Having a companion, an accountability partner, a prayer partner. Discipleship groups. We can offer comfort and encouragement to one another, spurring each other on. 
help. And we need each other. And we don't have to do this alone. We also see in in verse 3 that we need to be watchful. We need to be watchful about what's going on in our environment, our attitude toward each other. In verse 3 it says, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. If we're not watchful of our, our, our environment, our behavior and attitude, there is an element of risk that that enters in. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. This is part of our reality as believers. Romans eight thirty seven to 39 says, And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. In pursuing, we take action, we are watchful, we rely on others, and we rely on God. For Pastor Rob and me, as this conversation began uh, last October regarding the opportunity uh, at Lakeside Church of the Nazarene, we took action. We, we began to fast and pray, leaning into the discernment process. And throughout this process, we relied on others as well, who also took action and prayed alongside us. And we said yes. An interesting part of Pastor Rob's and my journey here is that we're living out this going in pairs, uh, because we're going as co-lead pastors uh, at Lakeside Church of the Nazarene. And although we have already seen wolves at work, We are standing on God's promises. Another favorite verse of mine is Job 42.2, where Job says to God, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. So we prepare, we pursue, and then the posture. We go trusting God and in faith. Verse 4 of our main passage says, Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. This is the same instruction Jesus gave the 12 disciples in Luke 9:3 when Jesus told them, Take nothing for the journey. No bag, no staff, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. They were not to take material possessions, not even money for food. What a challenge. I get hungry a lot. <laughs> but they had a mission to do, and Jesus did not want them to be distracted by worldly things. The same is true for us today. We need to go where God is sending us, trusting in him by faith that he will equip us for the journey ahead. We must be dependent upon him to supply our needs. We also need to stay focused. And our focus is not on the many tasks that, yes, those are important, but that's not our focus. Our focus is on Jesus sharing the truth of Jesus as we live out our callings and not become distracted by the world around us. And we lose sight of our calling when we allow fear of failure or fear 
of rejection to take over. And we have to understand that some will accept the message and some won't. But it is God who is the evangelist working through us. It's his message. For Pastor Rob and me, we are leaning into this call as bivocational pastors. And we're trusting God to equip us for the journey ahead. The energy, the stamina, the resources. And we're standing on Ephesians 3.20. Pastor Gordon shared this at our 8 a.m. prayer time. He can do immeasurably more. So we go in the posture of trusting God in faith and staying focused. You see, in this short passage, we see the depth and impact of this one word, go. 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 How we need to prepare. Go. How we are to pursue. Go. And what posture we are to have as we answer the call to go. Go is not just a word from the biblical text. It is an action word for us today. Go is a sending word. And that is what Pastor Holly and I love about Mission Church. As this, this is a sending church. Mission has sent many people from here into the mission field and on mission trips. And in fact, over the last year and a half, Pastor Gordon has transformed Mission Church from being not only a missional church, but a sending church too. Instead of saying goodbye to someone when they leave, we now send them out as missionaries, ambassadors of Mission Church. Just recently, we sent Terry Wilson and Jameson after her recent retirement from the military to go into the mission field of Oklahoma to make disciples, to go. You see, the journey with Jesus that Pastor Aaron Holly and I have been on has brought us to a point of being sent as well. We are being sent to go to go out as co-pastors at Lakeside Church of the Nazarene. God has been preparing us. We could look at it as he's been preparing us since last October. But I believe he's been preparing us our whole lives for this, for this time. And because of that, we are pursuing his call to go. And we are doing this in faith and trusting God, depending on him for continued guidance. So church, what about you? How is God calling you? Where is God sending you? What is Jesus asking you to do? How is God answering that courageous question? Have you already prayed it? Lord, what can I do for you? Maybe you feel a nudge from the Lord to start a new ministry. Maybe join a ministry. Maybe lead a ministry. Maybe there's that one person in your community that you see every week, and the Lord's asking you to talk with them. Maybe it's intentionally building community 
joining a Sunday school class, joining Dish.com to have almost, a, let's break 100. Let's get over 100. Dish.com. Maybe it's uh, joining one of the prayer times um, at Mission Church throughout the week that are available to us. God sending for us looks different for each person because he works with us individually. One act of obedience can break open astounding things. We got word that last week revival has broken out at Asbury University, Wilmore, Kentucky, my home state, not my hometown, my home state. I'll claim it. (laughs) Wednesday, February 8th, 2023, revival broke out. in uh, February 3rd, 1970. It's been a while. We're due, aren't we? One act of obedience. You don't know what the Lord's going to do. You can't tame this lion. I encourage you to listen to what the Lord is asking you to do. Church, we, we leave you with these final thoughts. As we have heard about the revival that has broken out, I pray for revival to break out here as well, because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, they are few. Pray that God would stir your heart and open your eyes to the need of reaching the lost and what he is asking each and every one of you here today, wherever you are, ask him, what is he asking you to do? Then I would encourage you. To heed his call and go. Prepare your hearts in prayer. Pursue intentionally. Go in the posture of complete dependence of God. Then live out Joshua 3.5. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. But first, you have to go. Go.